0: All right, so apparently burnout is an official diagnosis, according to the World Health Organization. Uh, do, is that, I mean, don't we all kind of get burned out? This is the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk One O Seven One, streaming live at mytalk com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Yeah, I
1: saw this article yesterday. In fact, I read it, I think, during a Dirt Alert, that burnout is now officially recognized as a medical condition and i've got the symptoms for you but then i read the symptoms and i was like oh you guys i think we all have burnout but some have more burn uh, out, out than, than others, others. some burdens are outer than others mm-hmm. do you want to hear the uh, actual definition of burnout from the yes, world please. health organization yes please
0: i also want to understand what a diagnosis of burnout would get you
1: Uh, Hopefully drugs. No, Uh, (laughs) according to the WHO's international classification of diseases. They sound like fun at parties. Mm -hmm. Burnout results from, quote, chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. Now, possible signs of burnout include one feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Yes. Two, increased mental distance from one's job. Or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job.
0: Totally. Really? No, not
1: here. Not right now. I've got other jobs. Three. Reduced professional efficacy. Mm -hmm. So that just seems like very broad. And I thought to myself, um, that isn't that like all of us at some point, we've all had burnout. Apparently, they've been studying this for 40 years, though. So this is like a legit thing. This is not just something that somebody came up with. It was actually a term coined, burnout was, in 1974. And they have had hundreds of studies since then. So they're obviously now feeling like there is enough data to actually quantify, qualify, solidify what burnout actually means. And they really do. Like, let's be clear. They are not talking about us. Right. Right. Like, there are days when we feel bitchy and we're like, I don't want to talk about Kardashians. I Mm -hmm. hate them. Mm -hmm. I know that shocks people, but that's pulling back the curtain. (laughs) (laughs) Pulling back the curtain a little bit, I know. Uh, But they they really do, uh, you know, they are talking about, for example, you know, Like actual high-stress jobs. Yeah, doctors. And I always, it just occurs to me at some point in a given day, there are people out there doing very stressful things.
0: More in here like, can you imagine and I'm people laughing get paid? at you singing like a leprechaun
1: people get paid to do really serious things and that is very you know stressful <laughs> you and I don't have that problem That's
0: Good to have perspective every once in a while
1: um so this is a this is not just like I'm really tired and I think I could do something else it's a it's a real thing
0: okay here but here's my question so okay so they've acknowledged that yeah. it is a an actual uh what do they call it condition condition um what does that then mean you know how like how does it get diagnosed then are you treated for it how are you treated for it how does that work
1: yep so uh what i can tell you is that um that is the case Mm -hmm. i was just looking to make sure i'm not uh saying the wrong thing because uh The article that I read does not give you any specific, like, here's what to do if you have burnout. But what it does is allow doctors to recognize symptoms and then educate the patient who can then hopefully. Because remember, the first part of what I said to you uh, in terms of classifying burnout was. um, ooh What was my actual words that I used? Uh, Officially recognized chronic, as a medical, yeah. mm-hmm. chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. Therefore, if you can have that conversation with your doctor, you can come up with ways to quote, successfully Definitely manage managed. what that looks like for an individual. I don't know, especially if that individual is, say, um, you know, a doctor, right? Right? Who is in a high, maybe like a surgeon or something like that, somebody in a high uh stress job like it's going to be different for every person the thing
0: i think is interesting about this is you know in i've i've read a couple headlines about this yeah um reports on the report that say <laughs> that essentially say that they put it in the context always of the workplace and i think well that the workplace is one area of your life but there are many other areas of your life where you might experience burnout Parenting would be one. Um, I'm sure that like teenagers get a sense of burnout.
1: Yeah. Well, anybody in in an educational environment. Yeah.
0: Or anybody, but anybody in any sort of adult interaction or interactionary. Yeah. You're going
1: to burn out at life at some point. Exactly. Here's here's what's fascinating about that. Because I read a report about a report. Mm -hmm. That a lot of times burnout is connected to. Mm Want to guess? Mm -hmm. This, Or I should say severe cases of burnout oh. stem from...
0: Like depression or anxiety? Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Yep. Yeah.
1: So if you recognize burnout, then you can ask the question, hmm. Mm. well, a lot of times depression and anxiety can uh, cause these things. Let's deal with the underlying depression and or exa- anxiety that you're dealing with.
0: Well, this certainly is interesting. And I, and I do know that oftentimes when people have had... um an experience like this, like you're reading about in this uh, article and how they classify burnout, it legitimizes the feelings that you have or it legitimizes your well, experience. You don't, you don't feel alone or like you've done something wrong. Or,
1: yeah, or that you're just making a mountain out of a molehill.
0: Exactly. So it does legitimize it. And I'm, I'm certainly glad that the conversation is is being had because I, I I see it. I mean, frankly, I have seen it in teenagers um, I've seen it in college students. I've yeah. seen it in different areas, you know, different workplaces through people I know, et cetera, et cetera. And I've always been a huge advocate of the sabbatical. I think everybody should get oh, a God. sabbatical at some point in their should. lives. Yeah. I think there should be a paid one at some point in your life. I don't okay. know how to make it happen. Make that happen. I just like, that's the platform I'm running on. Now I'm when you running, say sabbatical, but, you there know. are
1: people who might not understand what you're talking well, about. Well,
0: sabbatical is based on typically it happens after seven years at any given job or profession uh, at the seven year mark, you would be uh, like uh, able to have a sabbatical. A sabbatical would be a three month or so time of intentional rest. So intentional rest can look like whatever it looks like to you. But the whole point of a sabbatical is to actually intentionally rest yourself rejuvenate yourself so you can come back to your job with a renewed
1: creativity also in the short term and barring getting an actual sabbatical you could just take vacation
0: which is wonderful how many
1: people our our culture is so anti-vacation
0: weird we have weird judgments around i don't
1: take vacation i if i told you no i'm not gonna go there but Uh, there are people in my life who have a lot of vacation that they Mm -hmm. don't take and they pride themselves on not taking that vacation.
0: Because they think that that there's some value attached to that. Oh, yeah. It's the same as well. Sometimes
1: there's actual value attached in the form of monetary remuneration if they choose to cash in that vacation, which is also dumb because vacation, uh, I know people who have it are like, it's not dumb if you have the money in your pocket. I Mm -hmm. get it. But vacation, they should just pay you that money. Right. You the rest is the thing that you need.
0: The vacation is what you need. Yeah. The but I but you hear it too when people talk about how much sleep they get. There's almost a pride around
1: You're like, "Oh, I only need 5 yeah. hours of sleep a night." Okay. All right then. It's
0: not there there we should not be placing value on that. Working harder is not necessarily a value we should be placing because people end up with burnout when yeah. we're in this situation. Yeah, I,
1: I I would imagine that if you looked at the amount of burnout there would be a direct correlation between that and the amount of time a person takes off on a in a given calendar mm-hmm. year.
0: Yeah, good point. Yeah. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show yesterday we talked a little bit about Chris Kattan's new memoir and uh, a shocking story he told about a relationship he ended up having. Well, the daughter of the woman he had that relationship with is speaking out. We'll give you all the details after this on my Talk one oh seven one. Okay, so yesterday we uh, told this story. We shared a little bit of the story about Chris Kattan, the former cast member on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. He has a new memoir out and he claims that Lauren Michaels, the producer of Saturday Night Live and creator, um, encouraged him to have a sexual relationship with somebody attached to the project A Night at the Roxbury. Ooh, and uh there's oh, more heard. to the story. This is the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk One O Seven One, streaming live at My Talk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hello. Uh, the the director's name is Amy Heckerling. She was attached to the project The Night at the Roxbury, which was based on uh, the recurring sketch on Saturday Night Live. And the story that Chris Kattan tells in his uh, in his memoir, quote, it's called Baby Don't Hurt Me. Uh, he explains that apparently Amy Heckerling was sort of waffling on helming this movie. And Lorne Michaels uh, told him that he needed to make sure she was happy. And he suggested that one way to make her happy. He said, I'm not saying you have to bleep her, but it wouldn't hurt. Which it would indicate. Which is
1: kind of awkward.
0: Yeah, that he should maybe have a sexual relationship. Now, the story as it goes, as Chris Kattan tells it. Uh, He goes on to explain that he ended up not necessarily following the advice. However, they did end up having a sexual relationship that was mutually consenting.
1: Yeah. But he does say, you know, this is so awkward, but he does say like, I didn't feel like, uh, you know, it's like he tries to draw the correlation to me too, but he says...
0: That he was very afraid of the power that she and Lauren wielded over his career.
1: Yeah. Like he said, he did it willingly, but there was still this unease and awareness of their power, which that is, you know, that is an important thing to talk about. Whether Chris Catan is a reliable source in this particular case remains to be seen. But that story certainly is disturbing, if true.
0: Well, uh, they did, you know, people have reached out to both Saturday Night Live and Amy Heckerling herself for comment. And she hasn't said anything yet. Amy Heckerling, that is. However, and Saturday Night Live has essentially said that didn't happen in the way it was told. I don't even know what that means. But here's what I do know. Molly Heckerling, who is the daughter of Amy Heckerling, she has tweeted a statement about this story as told by Chris Kattan in his memoir.
1: Be honest before you even read it is a little weird. Kind of right. Like why is your daughter talking about something? Because I'm assuming she wasn't there.
0: Well, listen to what she says. So first of all, uh, her the the her status is uh, you know the 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 what she wrote her tweet was I would like the chance to weigh in on the situation regarding Chris Kattan and my mother. Here's what I remember. And then she posts like a screenshot of some text that she wrote, and it goes like this. My mother was engaged to Bronson Pinchot before they started making A Night at the Roxbury. I saw no evidence of her seeing or even talking to Chris Kattan during pre-production. Rather, she was working vigorously with Steve Corin every day to help improve the script. I would say they could have worked harder. I don't know. I didn't see the movie. But it didn't seem like it did well. Anyway, she said, my mother has never in her life threatened or tried to sabotage anything she was working on. Why would she do that? During the actual shoot, she and Chris became close, and he would call our house every night to talk to her for hours about how he felt like he wasn't getting the best sketches on Saturday Night Live. She and Chris started having an affair, but as far as I know, it wasn't until shooting was well underway, was it inappropriate considering the power dynamics? Yes. But was it consensual and fully his choice to get involved with her? Also, yes. My mother broke off her engagement to Bronson Pinchot and started dating Chris. Chris told her that when he informed Lauren Michaels that they were seeing each other, Lauren said, what do you want me to date her for?
1: What do you want to date,
0: date her for? She's so old.
1: Oh, God. You know who doesn't look good in this entire thing? Lauren Michaels. Lauren Michaels. No matter
0: h- how you slice it. Uh, then Amy uh, Heckerling's daughter, Molly, goes on to say, my mom spiraled into a massive eating disorder while dating Chris because she was so insecure about their age difference. And then Chris ultimately went and cheated on her with Elisa Donovan, who played Amber in Clueless, which was a, sh- was a movie that Amy Heckerling also directed. Uh, she said, um, and then and then she also had a role in a Night at the Roxbury. She said, "I feel for Chris's other struggles, and certainly don't want to delegitimize the importance of the Me Too movement. But what Chris is saying sounds libelous. I would be very interested to hear what Lauren Michaels has to say about all of this." To which I would, I would say, say, "You just Me libeled. Too. Well,
1: yeah, and you just libeled Lauren Michaels yourself over there in your own statement. There's a lot that's wrong with this." In terms of, I don't know who's right, uh-uh. but certainly, why am I listening to the daughter of the person
0: and not? She's the only hearing person.
1: what happened from her mom, right? right. Or so, she's sharing
0: her perspective you know, of it. Yeah. yeah,
1: and your mom is, you know, again, I don't know what actually happened, but if what Chris said happened, happen, that is, um, that is something that shouldn't happen again. Right. Meaning because if it's a man and a like just flip the flip the genders in this mm-hmm. particular case if uh you know Chris Katan was a young woman and the the Amy Hackerling was a man mm-hmm. and uh he they had a consensual relationship you'd say well you can't really have a consensual relationship in that uh, regard or if you do there's still a power dynamic right. that's happening and that is not that is a dangerous thing right mm-hmm. it's not that it doesn't happen sure. those things happen but it's still something you would poo poo and you would hold the man certainly very much accountable for right would you not Absolutely. so like the way she kind of tries to like say well you know oh and, and he cheated on my mom too so like i don't know what that has to do with anything it certainly doesn't address to me directly what chris alleges um, or it doesn't seem to counter anything that he's alleging directly.
0: No, it's like it just tells a different version of the story. It's sort but of again, like, to here's your point, some
1: more sleaze happening. And
0: to your point, Lauren Michaels looks terrible in
1: both versions of the story. Yeah, because she said that basically Lauren Michaels gave his mom or a her com- mama a like, complex about her that
0: turned into an eating disorder. Yeah. Also, uh, and in Chris Katan's story, he basically like tried to pimp Chris Katan out. Yeah. To make a movie yeah, that Lauren was Michaels average, is
1: going to have to say something. I Yikes. would imagine. I mean, I hope he does. Also, you know, talk about somebody who's got a lot of skeletons in their closet. Ooh, I imagine. Can only imagine. Yeah. When we come back on the
0: Colleen and Bradley show, we've got some dumb people doing dumb things. We call them crazy, stupid, idiots. On my talk one oh seven one. At 2:30 on the Colleen and Bradley Show, we like to tell you about dumb people doing dumb things on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything, entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Before we get to that, we have a little generosity we'd like to spread. Right, Holly? Oh yeah, we've got a pair of tickets to give away to the Mixtape Tour featuring New Kids on the Block, Salt and Pepper, Tiffany, Debbie Gibson, and Naughty by Nature. It's all at the XL Energy Center on June 11th. Be sure that you can go. Fifth caller, six five one six four one one zero seven one is going to win those tickets.
1: Hooray! Prizes.
0: All right, and now Crazy <laughs> Stupid Idiots. Well then. I guess one could say, that's a crazy, stupid idiot. Yeah. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots.
1: It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again. Oftentimes in the state of Florida. Florida.
0: Where are we going first, trainer?
1: Uh, not Florida. In fact, we're going to Colombia. Mm. International. Do, do. Yes. Okay. I don't know who the crazy stupid idiot is in this particular Fun. story. There are a couple to choose from. Cool. Uh, but I want to introduce you to uh, Jairo Vargas and his wife. Okay. Jairo, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but anyway, Jairo... Um, He did something. He did something very naughty. Mm -hmm. Let's just say he, uh, he, well, he adulterated on his wife. Rude! Yeah, he cheated on his wife, right? She was not amused. She was not amused, but she did come up with a plan for him to get her back in his good grace. Or get him back in her good grace. Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Did she want him to do laundry or...
1: No. Clean the house. And this is where I don't know who the crazy stupid idiot is, uh the person who s- thought this was a good idea or the person who did this. So in order to humiliate her cheating husband, oh my gosh. Mrs. Vargas decided to make Hiro do something in a public street in Colombia as passers-by laughed at him. Stand with his pants off? Close. Um uh, ride on the top of her vehicle as she drove him around town completely naked.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, so he's holding on to the roof of the car with a towel and uh, driving around the city of, uh, it looks like the coastal city of Barranquilla. I don't know how to say that, but a city. And, um, of course, everybody along the busy Murillo Avenue is stopping and recording what's actually going on because there's this cuckoo on the uh, roof of this vehicle. Oh, my gosh. Driving around. I mean,
0: I will give her <clears> points for <throat> creative punishment.
1: Yeah, although, you know, creative pun- punishment, sure, but she was summarily fined, as yeah. was Mr. Naked Pants on the top of the car because I don't know if you know Mr. this. Mr. No Pants. Mr. What did I say? Naked Pants? Yeah, I
0: mean, same, same.
1: Yeah. Uh, he. They were both fined for causing commotion, about 120 pounds. So that's, what, like 200 bucks or something? Oh, my gosh. No, I don't know. I also, don't even know I what mean, the God, price that's of, pound is. Yeah, it's she very... She appears to
0: be on a freeway.
1: Yeah, oh, they're driving down, doopy doo people are taking video, and he's just sitting there at one point, he's like, I don't know, it said that at one point he was scrubbing windows in front of the windshield. What? I don't know, maybe she was like, you have to clean my car naked as I drive around town. I God mean, he, only knows. He
0: doesn't look naked enough either because he's laying. He doesn't on look his, naked enough. I'm just saying he's laying on his stomach. I mean, like that. Oh, I'm, what? No. You
1: need to see it all.
0: Well, I'm just saying, like Ugh. a butt's not nearly as humiliating as like the whole thing. You can watch a butt on oh network TV. Yes. You're saying a
1: man's that your gentles are humiliating.
0: I'm saying if you're wanting to humiliate anybody by making them, yeah, ride around small. town naked. You don't want just the booty shown because everybody yeah. can see a booty. A booty's a dime a dozen.
1: Also, can I ask a question? Sure. Is it really such a smart strategy to parade your naked no. husband around town? That seems... No. I kind of feel mm-hmm. like that's going to lead to some, you know, offers... Yeah, like exactly. oh, I saw you riding around town. You looked kind of good. Yeah, you don't
0: want to take take that out and showcase it after no. you're upset because it got showcased. Like maybe at a private showing, keep
1: that in your pants mm-hmm. for a while. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, did any nobody seem to know why he was? You know, I feel like you need to like
1: have a sign, yeah, that says, that says "I'm naked on the top adulterer. of my wife's car
0: because I adulterated." Yeah. I mean, exactly. come on, do I have to do this for you? <laughs> All right. Um, uh, for our next crazy stupid idiot, we are taking a trip to Florida. Yay. Yay! We're going to Vero beach, Florida, where we're going to, I'm going to introduce you to a, a pair of roommates, 56, I'm sorry, 58 year old, uh, r- female roommate and, uh, her 36 year old male roommate. And, um, Here's what had happened. The 36 year old roommate had used the restroom. Okay. And
1: oh, did he not put the seat down?
0: No, he didn't flush, oh. which like listen, one or two. Well, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing it was number one in this story because he refused to flush. The 58 year old roommate, the lady said, flush the ding toilet. He didn't flush the toilet. And not only did he not flush the toilet, he was so opposed to flushing the toilet that the two of them got into an argument. And in this argument, he spat upon her uh, while they were arguing and she felt like she needed to defend herself. And so she picked up the only thing nearby to defend herself with. Can you imagine what the only nearby thing was? A toilet brush? The toilet plunger. Oh, so she had to take a couple swings at him. Oh. Now here's the interesting thing: uh, the cop they did they were able to get the cops there. Blah blah blah. He's facing battery charges, but the interesting thing is the same exact person. His name is Trovon Patterson. Wonder if he's any relation to Steve.
1: Probably. Just kidding.
0: Anyway, uh, he apparently was also arrested last June, so just under a year ago because he spit in his female roommate's face when she yelled at him okay. for trashing their apartment. Okay. This is his move, the spitting. Yep. Also, we don't know if it's the same roommate, but it could be. So apparently this is a pattern where uh, you know, they get in arguments about the tidiness of their apartment.
1: You know, I just I feel bad spits. for adults that have to have roommates for whatever reason, maybe they choose to as like extra income. Or something, or they just have to because that's the way the world is for them. I just, it. I feel bad because adults, roommate situations in general are miserable. Mm-hmm. When you're in your early 20s, you put up with a lot because you don't care. Mm-hmm. But like having to be in your 30s with a roommate. Once you've sort of like established oh. how you live
0: oh. and then some, somebody's up in it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Get out. It's rough, man. Get out. Flush that toilet.
0: That's the other thing. Just be like. Just give that little thing a little.
1: I I don't flush all the time, though. I, you know, if it's yellow, let it mellow. It's a nice environmentally friendly approach.
0: I get it. I just.
1: If it's brown, flush it down.
0: My roommates in college tried to have that rule. And I was like, no, no. I think you can just put a brick in your tank and that'll help.
1: I can't go to the bathroom with someone else's bathroom in the bathroom. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you got to flush the me, darn
0: toilet. I yeah, but you share a home. Yeah. Don't make somebody else flush your stuff. <laughs> also, if you want to save water, I'm not kidding. Just put a brick in the tank.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. That's a it very just smart a- hint from Heloise. Thank yes, you. You're welcome. Why don't you put like a bag of peas in there or something?
0: Sure. Why not?
1: Okay. Can I tell you my crazy? I wish idea? you would. This one, you are not going to believe. This is, this is like a feature film. Okay. So... I need to tell you about Washington state.
0: Are they the crazy, stupid idiot?
1: No, that's where we're going. Oh,
0: okay. (laughs) All right.
1: Um, They are working to crack a crime ring and this crime ring. I was like, this has crazy, stupid idiots all over it. Um, So imagine if you will, you're driving along the freeway and you see a car on the side of the road with its hazards on. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, I'm a good citizen. Yeah, I'm going to be a helpful I'm pull person. Over. Although I can hear all these people out there going, oh, don't do that. You call 911. Don't ever pull over because no, you don't know, you they don't might know have who's in there. They might have some sort of you, weapon. Take ya, you, and uh, you'll be dead. But anyway, so you're a good Samaritan. You pull over. You see this car on the side of the ramp of the freeway with its hazards on. Mm-hmm. And the person goes, I'm out of gas. And so um, you say, oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry you're out of gas. Well, that's when the suspects start their their con. They start asking uh, for some cash for gas, mm-hmm. but then they quickly start a high-pressure story that uses children as pawns. What? Yes, they say they need money to get back to New York, saying their children are hungry. And that's when they start a high-pressure sales pitch that includes, among other things, selling the victim's gold jewelry. So they say to you, I'll give you my jewelry, you give me money, there's only one problem with this. It's not gold. It's not gold jewelry. Mm. It's crap. And so people have spent, apparently this has happened 40 to 50 times in King County this last year. Oh my gosh. Washington. Victims have lost as much as, wait for it, (gasps) $10,000. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Sure. Who are the crazy stupid idiots in this uh, story?
0: The people who are giving their money over for somebody's dumb gold on the side of the road. <laughs> who
1: gives ten thousand? First of all, who's carrying, who's carrying ten thousand dollars? Right down the. St- I mean, you, you almost want to like take your hats off to these criminals.
0: It also just sounds like a whole lot of work for you know a questionable reward. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you don't know who's going to pull over, who's going to fall for this. But some of those people it's are like stupid.
1: Um, apparently, this case is hard to solve because the suspects keep changing their vehicles. And do you know how they do this? This is I'm telling you, this is like a thing. So now if you ever see anybody on the side of the road with their hazards on, I want you to understand something. They're probably going to try to screw you out of some money for some fake gold. Keep driving. Call 911. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's what they do. They get rental cars and they have police scanners in their rental car.
0: Oh, because
1: once they notice the police start talking, they disappear. Mm -hmm. Okay, that
0: is interesting. So they actually they're kind of smart. Yeah, they're smart. Dumb people.
1: Yeah, no, that's why I'm I mean, they obviously are smart if they've been able to get 50 people in the last year to part with actual money over fake jewelry. That is also can I just tell you if you live outside of the city? Because how many times have you been in the city? I used to live downtown. You'd be walking from your apartment and to your car and somebody would be like, oh, my car just ran out of gas. Mm -hmm. If if you were to believe people, Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of people running out of gas Mm -hmm. right downtown. Yeah. They didn't actually run out of gas.
0: Right. They just want your money. They want
1: your money. Yeah. So exactly. Carry some gas cards with you. Yeah. You know,
0: that's a great idea. Or carry gas with you. Or just say, I'm sorry, that's a bummer. I don't have any money on me.
1: Yeah, I do. I usually just go, no, thank you. Yeah.
0: No, thanks. And just keep going. Yeah. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, 245 every day, we play a little game. That game is called the throwback live. We're going to do that after this on my talk. 1071.
1: Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search.